I'm excited to announce that I've partnered with GiveSum to make your giving experience remarkable. GiveSum's digital web-based platform allows you to give to the charitable initiatives you care about most while also experiencing the difference your gift made. Join us in celebrating this partnership by visiting the link in the bio. Hello and welcome to Collision's YYC Follow the Money Investing with Purpose, a show where we have real conversations with the people who are driving change in our community. I'm excited to have on the show this morning to have exactly that kind of a conversation, Terrell Carrasco. How are you, Terrell? I'm doing well, Tyler. Greetings from uh, Silicon Valley. Nice. How are things? It's sunny and beautiful. And uh, well, it's always sunny, maybe where you are. It's sunny. <laughs> yeah, it's 85, 80, 85 and sunny. How's the weather? I got to do my mandatory Canadian. How's the weather? Ask. <laughs> Absolutely right. I mean, um, so the weather is uh, the weather is great. Interestingly enough, yesterday wasn't too sunny in Sunnyville, okay. California. Uh, we did have a bit of rain, but other than that, it's been uh, it's been nice and steady at twenty seven Celsius almost every day since we've been here, and uh, we're having uh, we're having a great time. Fantastic. Well, what, well, let's dive right into it. What, do you, what, what, what are you up to and what are you up to down there? Maybe I'll go together, but what are you working on right now? I know you're involved in investor and VC and reading your LinkedIn profile. There's a lot of things that you're involved in, in terms of what you're passionate about. What are you most excited? What are you working on right now? And what are you the most excited about? I guess is maybe the question I like to kick off with. Yeah, you know, Tyler, I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things. And, and of course, uh, my LinkedIn profile kind of reflects that to a certain degree. But uh, specifically, I'm, um, I'm attending the Silicon Valley um, Plug and Play Expo. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a bi, biannual summit that takes place both uh, around this time in June. And I think there's another one in November. And this is uh, this is put on at the, at the plug and play Sunnyvale campus, which is, you know, a fifty thousand square foot um, accelerator. Uh, it was opened in two thousand six. I'm going to tell you a funny story about that particular location here in um, in, in a moment. And we're here because, well, first of all, um, you know, after having had an amazing experience at Valhalla uh, as their president. Um, I decided to jump into, again, into creating a fund. And that fund is called Tangible Venture Partners. And um, there's a reason behind Tangible, and I can certainly get into the kind of the reasons why. You know, it's interesting that in the VC world, um, the kind of the the purpose around or the interest in areas of focus of investing is sometimes embedded in the name Mm -hmm. um, of, of uh, of the fund. And so... We uh, we're about three weeks into this this project, Tyler. And, oh, awesome! You know, okay, we, well, this is as new as it gets right now. <laughs> this is like fresh off the. And I'm, in fact, I was meeting with uh, my my partners to say, by the way, I'm go- going on a podcast, and so I'm literally going to be announcing this for the first time over a podcast. And I love go, it. I love it. Let, mm-hmm. Let's do it. You know, let's do it. So I, mean, I haven't even updated my LinkedIn profile with uh, with my role and with with all of that yet. So, so the the kind of the origin story of of tangible is uh, there's a couple of things that are driving my interest is the the importance to unleash uh, capital um, into the ecosystem. Um, it is and now what kind of capital? You know, it's private capital. And it's uh, private capital to solve real tangible problems. And in this case, with tangible, um, we're we are interested in investing in devices, right? Okay. Um, so, and what I mean by devices means intelligent IFT AI driven software driven smart devices, right? Now, um, when we're calling it hard tech, right? We're just keeping that category broad. 
Now, there's a few areas of focus that, that, that interest us, uh, mainly medtech, agtech, IFT, um, but we're not um, we're not constrained by those sectors, and nor are we constrained by any geographical area uh, of interest, right? So, okay. unlike some of our our investor colleagues that are focusing in Al- Alberta um, or Western Canada, um, we want to be broad with respect to you know finding and investing in opportunities. With that being said, though, we are finding um, quite a number of interesting opportunities. Right in our backyard, right in Calgary. Right? Oh, amazing! And, okay. And, and when you and, said the, when you said the word ecosystem, I really wanted to clarify because that's such an it's thrown around a lot, but it can mean very specific or it can mean very broad. <laughs> right, right. And and so we, um, you know, we we I have a, a long history with Plug and Play out of Sunnyvale, and of course with Sunnyvale. Uh, sorry, with Plug and Play Canada. You know, we we know, you know, Kevin and Lindsay, they're great and they're very supportive of what we're doing. And, and they invited us to come down um, to uh, to the summit uh, to kind of network uh, with other VCs, with interesting companies to kind of work the plug and play ecosystem, which is an, it's one of the largest. There's two things about them. And maybe we don't, we, you know, I don't know if it's known, but they're actually one of the largest family offices in the world. Yeah, we can. Um, I, I've had Lindsay on the show, so I've had her yeah, chat yeah. about it. But I think yeah. it's it's like so many things in this space. Why I do the show, unless you run right into it or work with them, you don't always know. You hear these names, and you don't always understand what's behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as well as being an accelerator, and as well as having um, um, corporate partners, and and so you know we're kind of um, killing uh, three birds with one stone um, by being here because um, we have also at at tangent. Um, it, we're working with a design engineering firm called, um, well, with Tangible, it's called Tangent, Tangent okay. Design Engineering, right? So when we sat around with uh, with with Josh Abbott and Chris Parker, who are the principals at Tangent Engineering, we said, you know, we, uh, first of all, for over the last 20 years, they have seen some amazing and interesting technology come through um, come through their labs and their and their warehouse and and have jointly manufactured some very interesting stuff venture backed technology and they thought gee whiz you know it'd be great if we can also invest um, in in some of that because you know we are participating in a massive de-risking exercise by helping these entrepreneurs and these founders who have you know a few dollars backing them some of that money coming from Alberta innovates to uh, de-risk and, and to, to look at how to modify the design to make it commercially viable. And, uh, and so when Guillaume Bedard, who is the VP of, uh, of Business Development, uh, who is also an investor and who has also had exits, uh, when we were talking about that, creating this fund, we, we said, we thought, why don't we partner with Tangent? And because what is the most important aspect of creating a fund? Obviously, having limited partners that want to invest with alongside with us but also deal flow, quality deal flow. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, we've kind of come together and we formed um, a tangible, right? So bringing oh, okay. this whole kind of, what are you up to lately, Terrell? It's, it's, <laughs> nice. It's, it's, Very nice way to circle it all back around, put a bow at the end. <laughs> exactly, right? So it's really about, um, uh, first of all, for me personally, I'm just going to take an aside. I always want to do something interesting. I've always want to do something that is, you know, that sparks my curiosity. And number two, I want to do it with people that I enjoy doing it with. <laughs> and, 
and and then that's, a, that's three, a life that's a life well lived right there <laughs> exactly and number three i want to have i want to have fun doing that as well and uh and so you know we're all four of us are in in you know in silicon valley here and we're attending the plug and play we're understanding that massive ecosystem that they have and what's available to us uh we are making a, a ton of different connections we are testing our thesis right okay. and so um we're kind of mvping our thesis uh, we feel very strongly about it. We have, but you know, we want to get feedback ourselves. And so we're meeting with industry players. We're meeting with um, very large corporate customers that plug and play has relationships with to kind of test out, Hey, you know, this is what we see. We see a gap. We uh, want to kind of create these opportunities to provide capital to these companies that are looking to, because companies, well, startups and founders need customers. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to kind of create this kind of insular ecosystem to in, in, in enable these founders to accelerate commercialization. And, um, and so, you know, we're testing out that theory so far. We've had good marks. Yep. Um, we've had to modify a little bit, but uh, that's important for us. Just like a startup, a founder, you know, they, uh, they kind of un- see a, a market opportunity and they go test it out and they go have conversations with people in industry. You know, we as uh, investors, you know, we sit back and create a thesis and we want to go test it out. We want to get some feedback, right, and gather some data so that uh, we can have uh, good conversations. Well, when you think about the role that you play, you have a lot of stakeholders. You have, you know, you have limited partners who want to invest. You have the portfolio companies that you want to invest in. In the plug and play model, you get to have those conversations with those large enterprises that are trying to innovate, looking at ways to do things differently, oftentimes looking outside because, you know, there's an age old, it's hard to innovate under governance and under all the protectionist things that make a big company successful. Sometimes the net new idea doesn't see get to survive. I was attended one of, uh, you and I were both at Adventures last week in Calgary, and mm-hmm. I attended one of the sessions uh, put on by Plug and Play, and uh, Kevin was moderating, and they had uh, a large enterprise and they had two startups that had worked with them over the last year. And they really all went back and forth on the journey of how tricky it is to navigate. And, you know, and you put yourself in there as an investor, you've got all those same stakeholder groups. Plus now you've got your, your limited partners who have actually trusted in you to steward their funds, right? <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of pe- heads at the table. <laughs> well, absolutely. And it's negotiating a peace summit, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, um, don't, that's a very, that's a very good image. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, walking through kind of the proverbial <laughs> innovation landmine, um, field uh, at times. And so, you know, in order for for a firm like us to be successful, we have to understand, you know, the multiple, you know, the stakeholders, the desires. We have a founder who's very passionate about getting his or her product to commercialization. We have, like you were saying, a corporate partner that has a you know very clear line of sight as to what they would like to accomplish in their in, in, in innovation division. Um, and then uh, we have limited partners who um, have broad interests and up to, you know, maybe they're being driven by, you know, creating jobs and economic diversification. And I mean, it doesn't matter so much that, you know, what particular product and or founder that we're investing in. Others are very interested in knowing the founder and, and working with them. And and so navigating through that is, is tricky and requires a lot of EQ, a lot of, uh, you know, making sure that everybody is getting what they need out of this uh, journey. And, uh, and so, you know, with, with the four of us, we have, a, you know, we have the strong engineering side. Um, we have uh, Guillaume, who is also an entrepreneur, former banker, 
myself, who I'm a recovering management consultant and, and founder <laughs> and investor. Um, and so we have four different perspectives that come into this. And uh, I think it's uh, really, really interesting. But we're all we all kind of surrounded by this kind of purpose to say, Alberta, it, there's never a better time to be uh, a founder and an investor in the province of Alberta today. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you right now, Tyler, that, you know, as we've been down here and meeting with some of the large corporates, both Canadian, um, you know, we've meeting with the folks at WestJet and Suncor who are down here at the, by the, uh, with the invitation of uh, Plug and Play Canada, as well as corporates in the U.S. and corporates from, from other countries, um, you know, Japan, France, you know, you name it, it's a real United Nations of corporates. They're all like, what's happening in Canada and what's happening in Alberta? Um, and, and it's kind of cool, right? And as opposed to a few years ago, we would, we would be the ones telling folks outside of Canada, there are good things that are going on in Canada. Let me give you the reasons. Um, and now they're like, what's going on in the, over there in the Rocky Mountains? It's not just a Calgary stampede. There's some cool things that are going on. And that's a real testament to to the three you know pillars in 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 the province of Alberta. Number one, private industry, um, the you know the founders themselves that are just getting out there to market, and then some of that government support that has been created to kind of in, empower and enable some of those messages to get across and outside of the province and into the global market. And uh, if I might kind of grab my soapbox here for a moment, and you know not eight. 80 to 90 percent of startups have to go international, have to either go into the U.S. market or outside. Right. We're only 39 million people here. And and so having a global perspective is uh, is very, very important. And I'm starting to see that resonate now. And that's very encouraging. Have you run into when you said, you know, I love there's, there's a variety of corporates from Canada that have been invited down. You're obviously meeting people from the U.S., France, Japan. Are you noticing difference from a from geography of like how a U.S. large corporate might talk about innovation or VC or or these working with some of these smaller startups versus Japan or France? Always curious to get that view because you get so binary with your own ecosystem and you see it and you tend to believe that it's always that way, which I've learned over the years that it rarely is. What do you see any differences? Let's just talk, you know, south of the border, uh, a large like a WestJet equivalent or a Suncor equivalent in the U.S., how they approach working with some of these smaller companies, these startups, any differences, a difference in attitude, speed, agility, willingness to take risks, anything you run into? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going, it's, I'm going to say that that Canada needs to understand that the world is very competitive <laughs> and that large corporates understand that and are taking um, very aggressive steps um, may, many of them look at R&D and innovation as something that they cannot support. They don't have the expertise in. It costs too much money. The overhead is incredible. And they thought, well, why don't we partner with a startup that has subject matter expertise, industry folks that have been in the industry for many years. We can provide them with some risk capital. We can basically outsource our R&D and innovation to, to in creating these yeah, partnerships yeah. With, with founders. And we have uh, a platform like Plug and Play uh, or any other accelerator and incubator that exists in the United States to facilitate and kind of guide both parties um, to create something interesting. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you meet the folks from some of these corporates, in, either from Japan, and we met with a corporate from France, 
they get it and they're moving very aggressively. And so the part of the reason why the folks at Plug and Play Canada brought the likes of WestJet and Suncor and other companies to say, to, to show them like this is, this like things are moving very quickly mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it's important for you to kind of dial into that. I'm, again, I'm going to wax personal here. I think that many, you know, Canada is known for being risk adverse and they don't really want to try something and, and, or they think, well, that's a role for government. And so government mm, usually takes, takes that on subconsciously or consciously. And um, I, I think that that mindset needs to, to change. Yeah, the big the big lineup to be second and third, and maybe a much shorter line to be first, right? I've heard I've heard yeah. that said many, 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 many times. Yeah. With some of the, with, curious around, you know, hard tech versus just the software play. Like it, it, so many companies I've heard shy that I've talked to tend to shy away. Oh, it's risky and it's longer development pro, uh, timeline. It's more costs and we've got more overhead to b- physically build something, whether it's a, you know, mentioned IoT, whether it's a sensor, some type of monitoring gear. Sounds like you went right at that space of saying, no, no, no. We actually think that there's huge, huge opportunity there. Any commentary just on why it seems, it seemed for a while everyone was, oh, geez, if we have to build something we don't want, we just want software. We want something that's ultimately scalable and we don't have to physically put something together. Is that shifting or did you just see an opportunity and go, hey, underserved, big opportunity, let's go there? A little bit of everything, Tyler. So, you know, <laughs> right on. Right. And so we're jumping on. So we we feel and we've had a, a number of different conversations in that, you know, this kind of innovation cycle that starts with the dumb devices goes to into software and then goes into smart devices and then mm-hmm. goes into intelligent devices. Right. And so we're kind of planting ourselves at the, at, an, at the nexus of a movement um, towards intelligent devices. Mm-hmm. And now the, the cost of setting up a, an enterprise software or B2B software, or even B2C software, the, 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 it's becoming easier and easier. Yeah. Um, you can package code, you can buy code, you can uh, set up a, a, uh, an instant in Azure, you can hire a couple of developers and within <clears throat> you know, two, to three, two to three days, you have you know, your first you know, very early MVP of, of software and get it out there and start selling. Yeah, two, two weekend hackathons and you've got, a, and you've got an MVP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so what am I investing in then? You know, what am I, you no know, mo- and, there's, there's, there's no moat, there's no barrier, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, however, you know, having had conversations with folks, colleagues in Toronto and Waterloo and Vancouver and Chicago, New York over the last, you know, uh, several weeks to kind of like very initially test out, Hey, are we, can you tell us we're crazy? <laughs> right? find, the, find the holes in my ship. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah exactly. Right. And 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 based on the data and based on PitchBook and based on, you know, why like uh, TechCrunch and we're seeing dollars being redirected to tangible mm, <laughs> human, interesting. The, okay. uh, tangible assets, tangible things. But it's not just, OK, so you, we, I get the hard, hard tech thing, like I get that. But if it's un, uh, supported by intelligent software, if it's supported by A.I., Right. Then then it kind of it's the combination thereof that's becoming interesting for us. How much is and maybe this is this is this is a softball question. How much is the AI just acronym alone driving interest, driving dollars, driving focus? Like I've you know, we've all heard the rise in the amount of time that's mentioned on earnings calls or the amount of times it's mentioned in pitches and so on and so on and so forth. Is that wave as big? Are you seeing that crash everywhere around you in the conversations that you're having around, you know, just AI for an oversimplification of, of, of a very complex category? 
Absolutely. You know, yeah. we see pitches, you know, everybody throws out, this is AI, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I go, what exactly is that? And what exactly is it? It's, you know, what is it? What is your software or what is your device learning? Right. Mm, and, and, I like, and Yeah, I like that. Versus just so, being a kind of a, a tape recorder that has a lot of information that it's spinning back. That's yeah. different. That's different than learning, right? <laughs> yeah. Data collection and data representation is not AI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> data interpreting and data recommending is is kind of that last threshold. And so there are many companies that make aspirational statements around AI okay. but have yeah. not achieved AI. We are interested in in true definition of AI, um, in true you know. Uh, what we think of when we think of science fiction and what the power that AI and, and, and so, <laughs> yeah. right. So I, I, I'm kind of very curious of, you know, going down that road. I'm, I'm very curious to kind of see where that can go. And, uh, and of course, Tyler, I've been, I've listened to thousands and thousands of pitches and AI or what they used to say, machine learning before yeah. they started using AI has been thrown around for the least the last 10 years. Yeah, right? totally. And then when you kind of peel back what it is, it's like very sophisticated spreadsheet, but now, <laughs> it's, becoming, now it's becoming, it's getting there. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. I uh, attended the. I'm not sure if you were on day, on Friday. The Futurist. I popped down. I, I popped down Friday to Inventors just to listen to the Futurist. I forget his name right now. The gentleman who spoke and mm. he just said, you know, AI is amazing and for speed and for efficiency and all those things. But he goes, most of the time, it's just a really, really elaborate tape recorder that's feeding back to you a bunch of information. It's not creating anything new. So if don't mistake brilliance or some sentient being in the back room that's not what's going on and i just appreciated how he kind of it's just a really really good tape recorder and it just registered with me you're like mm, okay good to keep my bullshit meter turned up to 10 all the time on this one. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely todd you know the the uh the bullshittery that as an investor all the time is 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 amazing and uh and, and again uh, like i said to you earlier you know i always ask you know what is it learning yeah right and uh, usually it's, there's a there's a kind of pause for effect because the founder's like, uh, good question, right? Yeah, yeah. excellent now, question. Let me get let me get back to you on that one. Yeah, yeah. And is it? And I, again, soft, I'm softballing here all over the place. Uh, investor, beware right now around these terms and just being very like talking a little bit about you know limited partners and people sitting on the sidelines with money. They're curious. There's sometimes FOMO about missing out on technology, missing out on the next big investment. But also, that's where you can lose a lot of money really quickly by jumping on the next big, the next big trend, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so we're in, we live in an interesting time. So we have um, all of these investment terms that are being thrown around, um, all of these kind of packaged pitches um, around. You know, I, I, if I mention AI, even if I don't have AI, then I'm more likely to get an investor to to jump on the bandwagon. And at the same time, on the flip side of that, we have new investors that are coming in into the ecosystem that are excited to see, you know, some interesting and great companies. And that could be a recipe for disaster or a recipe for something good. And so it, it's important that, yes, the investor needs to be beware. And the investor, um, the recreational um, startup investor needs to understand that an early stage company, you're several years away from from realizing what that AI will actually do if we're talking about AI or any technology innovation for that matter, yeah, right. to kind of understand that. 
and and they need the investor needs to rely on folks that uh, have been investing for a very long time and can kind of sift through what's real and what isn't. Um, so and, and you you see that now you don't you know you go to places like Silicon Valley, where you know like uh, bullshittery was invented here, um, <laughs> you know, with respect yeah. to you know, raising money. And there's a lot of cautionary tales. Of, of all of that here. So people have a very, very strong sense of what's real and what isn't. And not just Silicon Valley, but in any other you kind know, of matured ecosystem. Yeah, I appreciate the maturity of that ecosystem versus uh, the journey where we are in Calgary or Western Canada, where we're just still a little bit early into this space yeah. and this type of investing. Albertans are very familiar with taking risks and driveling holes in the ground to hope it works out. But that's a known, understood, like many, many cycles of that have gone on. This yeah. is just a new. This is just a new uh, version of a. Of a did we drill the hole in the right place? I'm way oversimplifying, but my audience gets it. They'll, they know. They know what I'm talking about. Uh, thoughts. Your perspective on. I've had a few conversations recently, and it seems to be kicking up a little bit with with uh, different people I talk to in Calgary about. Hey, we got to be really careful of this. Like everybody should be a VC. Everybody should. I you know I'm overstating this, but mm. everybody needs to get involved, and everyone needs to invest to drive this ecosystem forward. Hey, be careful. What if like if you don't know what you're doing and you've never done this before and you're really excited about it, that's a good recipe for to your point disaster. Thoughts on investing and partnering with groups like yourself and there's a variety of them in in, in town that are focusing on early stage where you've got individuals that are dedicating every day uh, 8 10 probably more 20 hours a day to this task versus me the individual going, "Oh yeah, no, I've I've had some success, so therefore that means I can pick some winners." What's the balance there in the trade-off of getting people involved and getting money off the sidelines, but also not setting people up to feel burned, which gets them right off the, the playing field, you know, for maybe the, for you, the foreseeable future? Yeah, there's been this kind of euphoric feeling of jumping in and um, investing in the next uh, big thing, the next unicorn. And um, I'll say this to kind of level set the expectation in the community Almost all of the companies that you will come across or we will see will not be unicorns, but will be good companies, will grow, will do some interesting things, maybe, uh, you know, $50 million, $100 million, or maybe $200 million company over time. And so I think the investor needs to level set, um, needs to kind of, you know, look beyond the euphoria of the excitement around investing in startups and and really understand that I'm investing in a business, and um, and I'm also investing in the founders, um, and so yeah, absolutely. We you know we need to kind of really understand what we're getting ourselves into. Now, with that being said, there are people in the community, and there's our micro funds, and there's uh, experienced investors, there's folks like us that can you know explain, and I call this an asset class, right? explain this asset class and explain the risk versus opportunity and and so that they can be very well informed or they can you know partner with funds like us that have a ton of experience that have subject matter expertise that can de-risk you know our our what we do we invest but we de-risk right because the you know like any company that has no track record and many of our founders are first-time business operators um, our first time CEOs and, you know, they've never run a company uh, and then they're getting an experienced CEO that is investing with them. And, and then they're disappointed. We don't see, they don't see the kind of performance that they would expect. And right. And, and so we need to kind of have those open conversations around 
Um, yeah, this is very, very risky. Be prepared to lose your money. Um, and But there are people that can help guide and de-risk that. Um, so those are, those are kind of my initial thoughts. If you want to get involved in that asset class, be very clear what it is and then do everything. Like you said, investing is the easy part. De-risking is, is a bit of the skill, right? <laughs> or a bit yeah. of the, the, the hard-earned, hard-earned, hard-earned experience. So getting back to tangible, let's still, since this is your kind of coming out party a little bit and we're telling your story for the first time, which I, which yeah. I love. So seed round, early stage, how would you define yourself? Like where, where would you fit into the whiteboard of, of the different phases all the way up to Series B or whatever? Where, where would you plug uh, tangible? Yeah, and it's and it's a and it's an ongoing conversation because we, <laughs> right we, uh, we have some guidelines, like we have some parameters that we've set up to kind of help guide conversations with help with founders, right? Yeah. And so, number one, um, we don't want to be super early in the ideation stage, right? Okay. We, there are a number of community players that are, have been set up to be able to to accomplish that. That's great. You know, they have a role to play. If you look at the kind of uh, the investment continuum, right? Uh, right? Then you know. They have their they have their spot. Um, we are investors first. We are not a venture studio. We are not an accelerator and incubator. Um, okay. So we we want we're going we're looking to invest in that seed round, um, C to Series A. Now we reserve the right to change our minds um, <laughs> if we find a uh, like a, a technology a solution <clears throat> or a founder that we're like wow they have something here. And, you know, we will invest a little bit of capital to work with them, but that's not going to be the norm. That'll be the exception. The norm will be seed to uh, series A. And would you find typically you would be leading? Would you be coming along? Would you be spirit? Like, is that going to, I'm assuming it varies, but do you, do you have a preferred place where you end up in, in that, in, in that journey of, of, you know, leading the charge versus, versus joining in the experience? <laughs> Yeah, no, we are we are opportunistic investors, and so you know if uh, we've been speaking to our friends with you know um, at Antiquity at um, other funds, Weave mm-hmm. and uh, and such, you know, um, and we're absolutely willing. And of course, plug and play. You know, they don't lead rounds, uh, and they they want either co investors or somebody to invest with them okay. uh, to lead. And so we are you know we are in a collective here, you know, and. Um, and we, we very much want to be partners with other, um, other funds as well. I'm going to just expand about what that means, partners with other funds. Uh, we also understand that there's some amazing smaller funds that are doing some really, really good work in, in the community by sitting alongside founders and working with them al- along with providing them capital. And uh, one of the kind of items areas in which we feel that we can also contribute to the communities to be a sort of mini fund of funds. So, yeah, you take, for example, um, you know, instead of joining around, why don't we become an LP in a smaller fund? Because we know the company, the portfolio that they're working with. We know the the founders of the fund and the founders of the, the startup. We don't want to mess around there. But uh, they need generally will need more capital to help accelerate their growth to commercialization so be it a, a fund of funds, I, you know, that's Alberta Enterprise, but we, we want to join some of these funds and, and help them accelerate. And, and again, it's really about unleashing, you know, unleashing that capital into the ecosystem to, to accelerate that. Uh, in your experience, I appreciate. Thank you for. No, I, I always love these conversations because there's so much nuance and so many words that get thrown around. And unless you live and breathe in this every day, come, people actually get lost in just the, the vernacular. 
Yeah. Opportunistic versus competitive. I've heard from a lot of people, especially in Western Canada, that at these early stages, there's a high degree of collaboration and willingness to like, hey, maybe I don't want to get in on this, but let me tell Brian over at Matiquity or let me talk to Wilson over at Tallgrass or, you know, there's so many we can list that specifically in the earlier stages and also because of the, you know, cycles we're in earlier in our in our evolution, that it is more collaborative than it is competitive. Thoughts? Agreed? Uh, your experience? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. It is um, very collaborative. You know, we are all talking to each other in, in the community. We're all um, re- very much focused on on supporting the founder, and and you know, opening up a Rolodex. I'm I'm um, I'm aging myself by. I use the Rolodex. I've never owned one, but I use that metaphor all the time. So you're in good company, Terrell, in that Rogan Rolodex oh, okay. comment. <laughs> I don't know why I use it. I've never owned one, but in every vision of a movie, I'm like, one day on my desk, I will have a Rolodex. <laughs> Technology outgrew me before I got a Rolodex. It's probably okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, right. And so you know, you know, um, sitting sitting around and having those conversations, like, hey, how's your, you know, you invested in this company? What do they need? You know, what, you know, really, that collaboration is absolutely important. Now, <laughs> what I find interesting that I I started coming to Silicon Valley, Tyler, in 2010, right? And and, and I said I was going to come back to my personal story around coming here, but um, the collaboration that exists um here started from day one right mm-hmm. and everybody pitching in right it's like uh it's like the raising of a barn right and everybody in the community comes in to help and and so i i think that for a period of time in the western canadian ecosystem it was very much siloed and uh because it was new and their scarcity and i'm starting to sense this increased collaboration um now there's I'm going to say this, there's accidental collaboration and there's deliberate collaboration. Accidental okay. meaning, hey, I'll give this guy a call. Um, why don't you go talk to this guy and see where it happens? You know, like an e- email introduction. Yeah. And there's no kind of like commitment there. You know, like I'm collaborating. Um, in, 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 in <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the clarification. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. and then there's like being deliberate to say, I pick up the phone and call my friends at Matiquity as an example. And there's many funds that are doing this to say, yeah. Hey, um, we're working on this project, and uh, you know, let's let's come together to form a syndicate. Let's um, let's co-invest together in this amazing founder. Let's 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 go on this journey together. And uh, and now they're like, yeah, right. Let's do that. Let's let's you know, of course, the you know, financially, it's a bit of a kind of spreading the risk, spreading totally. the love, right? But yep. uh, but also, it's adding more capital, right? And uh, and, and really, it's, it's about acceleration. The, the innovation timeline is shrinking quarter over quarter. And so speed to market is becoming um, very, very important. As more techno- as technology makes te- technology becomes very self-serving or self-supportive. Exactly. Uh, um, is there enough deal flow? Because I'm a startup. I need customers. I need money. You need all of them. You need the customer for the product of the person you're investing in. You also need the the potential the enterprise partner and the plug and play model specifically. Are you getting a, a, enough deal for? Are you seeing enough opportunities to, f- to keep everybody filled up and and the and the wheel turning, specifically in Western Canada and Alberta? All right. So um, no, okay. um, and but I, I but I also think that there is uncovered deal flow. There are um, companies out there that are not plugged into the ecosystem and that are just going and doing their thing or jumping on a plane and going to Waterloo or going to New York and raising money on their own and doing their own thing. 
And, uh, and so we are missing opportunities. So we have a storytelling and messaging a gap, I believe. Um, when I was at um, Valhalla, you know, we had uh, an event called uh, Vantage. And the whole idea was I brought in speakers uh, from that. They're not the same people that show up at the same conferences and sit on the same panels all the time. Yeah. As valuable as they are. As yeah, valuable I, as their opinions are. Fresh, so fresh, not, fresh perspective is very valuable in my books. <laughs> exactly. Right? So yeah. brought in folks from Toronto, brought folks in from the UK. And and so and really, we were going out to the community to say, hey, there's some great stuff going on here in Calgary, in Alberta. You should come listen. And so I think that, the, number one, to you know directly answer your question, I did. That, you know, mm-hmm. we need, you know, quality deal flow. Um and so there is volume of deal flow, but quality is 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 what's important. And the second is that there we can perhaps unleash even more deal flow if more people knew what's going on. We actually, I believe, sometimes we live in an echo chamber that everybody Joe Blow down the street of Calgary um, is uh, knows who we are and what we're doing, right? So yeah. I, uh, we've all we have a storytelling challenge in Western Canada. I believe that right from when I started the show, if like we've got a brand problem, we don't tell our story like even to each other, but definitely not sometimes even the rest of our own, our own country. I have a lot of mm. MLS. You do lots of connections in Central Canada or back east and family back there, and their perspective of what's going on in the West is very skewed, and that's not their fault. That's ours, <laughs> or that's not their responsibility to find out. It's us. It's our responsibility to 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 tell. Uh, curious, broader. Obviously, you can't throw a stone without, oh, recession and slowdown and downturn and evaluations have come down and it's hard to get money. And what are you seeing out there? Like a little bit like current, but also crystal ball. If we look into the next three to six months or even 12 months in terms of the economic cycles around availability and access to capital versus some of the evaluations and just where you see the economy. Cause obviously that's probably a big part of your, you know, your crystal ball um, <laughs> gazing out into the future of, of, you know, trying to intersect where things are headed. Yeah. You know what? I It's interesting. Um, it, this is the first time that as I've seen, you know, I've, you know, you and I have been around the block a little bit. And so <laughs> we got a couple of gray hairs, uh, we got a couple of gray hairs, we do, we you know, and, and, you know, during, you know, a, a recession, what we, uh, what I've seen is during a recession is when a lot of capital goes into early stage investing, mm-hmm. uh, because the capital in early stage investing is not in, in interested in the now it's interested in, in, in the future. Right. Uh, yeah, and and so um, companies start to, you know, smart companies will say now's the time for us to right size our investment and to really start thinking about what happens when we come out of the cycle. Now, I've seen that um, I was part of a startup during the Great Recession in fintech. So timing was impeccable, but we were able to <laughs> raise money um, and had just an amazing journey during the financial recession. Now. I'm kind of seeing the two things. So they were like counter cyclical, right? But now I'm seeing it happening at the same time. It's kind of this post COVID economic cycles that are not functioning very efficiently. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, we have the advent of inflation. We have this euphoric capital that was sitting on the sidelines that was chasing dumb ideas and just throwing money because, um, you know, very well constituted um, venture capital firms, are also under KPI. They're also they're they're pressured to kind of deploy capital. And if there wasn't enough deal flow, capital was going to dumb companies, right? And so everybody's kind of waking up from that. And and because as a result, valuations went through the roof, right? It lost all semblance of science, and it became more <laughs> art, right? 
And and so now it's not a collapse of valuation. It's a right sizing of, you know, of valuation. Okay, so we have that going on within the industry. Then you have the economy, right? So the post-inflationary kind of period of, of slowing, we're, you know, we've been in a, people have been calling this situation a recession for the last year. I know. And, yeah, have. Right? <laughs> and, and yet we're still kind of chugging along. We haven't actually hit, you know, the, the bottom of the trough. And I still feel that um, we're headed into, you know, as long as inflation continues to be the hindrance of economic growth, we're still, you know, we're still there. Now, and in terms of capital, because your question was multi multifaceted, it was it was. I threw a big yeah. one at you, Terrell. <laughs> yeah, like, holy crap! I have to unpack all of that. But the uh, now you look at the capital that's available for early stage investing. So here's here's my thought, and and then this will lead into the crystal ball conversation. Um, a good deal is a good deal, um, and a, a, a smart capital will find those good deals. And so it's no longer, you know, I'm I'm a startup. I'm going to create my Instagram account, my Twitter, and I'm going to get a skateboard and a cappuccino machine and my red brick backside wall of my kind of pseudo warehouse and run around, pretend to be a startup and get millions of dollars. Now people are asking, what exactly are you doing? What problems are you solving? And is this a real business that you're, you're you know, so there are, yeah, it's, it's kind of this uh, filtering system that is, that is that is happening right now. I'm kind of okay with that though. I'm like, I'm really okay with that. <laughs> I am too. It's, it's a much better version of, of may, maybe a little closer and tethered to quote unquote reality versus like you said, I love your description, cappuccino machine, the red brick wall. Like anyway, that was, that was well done. I feel you've been in a few of those zoom calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that felt like it was very accurately depicted in your mind's eye. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and it's funny because, uh, you know, a few months ago I was, uh, I was hearing a pitch and they started, you know, talking about the uh, deal terms and, and the valuation. And I started to challenge that. I said, can you reverse engineer that, that valuation and how you arrived at it? Like walk me through your journey. And they go, well, we just feel that X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, so let's go even deeper. You know, what is like, what method did you use to arrive? You know, we have a method, we have the Berkus method, we have a number of different formulas. Uh, and so if you're coming to me with a valuation and you are the tip of the spear CEO, defend it. I'm going to challenge you on it. Yeah. And, and I'm today they're really much more well-versed at defending their valuation. Six months ago, almost a year ago, they're like, well, you know, we, we watched a YouTube video on how to do evaluation. So you know, so now I'm glad, I'm glad it's becoming more realistic. I'm glad that, you know, founders are now, you know, having to really understand the kind of the, the idea of starting a business versus starting doing a startup. With the, with the outcome of not just your next raise, but actually building a business that solves problems and generates revenue, right? Correct. Yeah. So from a crystal ball perspective, because uh, very rarely ever, it's like uh, the real estate market is very rarely balanced. It kind of cruises through to being a seller's market or cruises right by to being a buyer's a buyer's market. In this case, the way you just talked about, it, it feels a little bit more balanced. And I'm, re- I'm a bit reluctant to say that even out loud compared to what it was six to 12 months ago. Are we just passing our way through the balanced state or does this feel like we can create a little bit more sustainability around this for just time? Yeah. So from yeah, a crystal ball perspective, um, I I think that um, like any cycle will come out of it. Um, And I also feel 
that capital attracts capital and smart capital will find good deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, with this, with a kind of focus on the fundamentals, I think we'll be able to weather, weather um, the, the recession quite nicely. And I think that scarcity of, of in this kind of recessionary period will force people to really, really think, uh, first of all, if they want to engage in, you know, absolutely turning their lives upside down and being becoming a startup entrepreneur. Um, and and also, um, you know, the quality will actually start to improve. And then as the quality starts to improve, then more capital will be, you know, will be deployed to those better quality startups. And then suddenly we're going to find ourselves coming out of that cycle um, and into kind of a better state. And you've got companies now that have weathered, they've grown, they're they're at a different stage of investing, which brings in different investors, which shows more people it's working, which then hopefully brings more startup founders into the mix. Like the momentum, yep. I guess, momentum, like you said, smart money, exactly. false smart money. Uh, Terrell, what's the best way for people? Because this is super new, but this is going to be out in a few weeks. So like we can already think about this episode is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys have a website? What's the best way to get more information? I love you've broken it down so well for us today. But my goal is that people go, oh, now I'm really curious. They want to go find out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've uh, we've launched our, well, we're, let me see. Uh, I'm going to see if that website is up. And It'll probably be up by the time this goes out in a few weeks. So yeah, okay. Okay, for, first of all, my email um, is T-E-R-U-E-L at tangiblepartners.vc. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- I'm assuming that's also one of your preferred forms of communication. I always ask, there's so many ways, but do you have a preferred? Is email your best? Just send you an email and you'll get like, you've been, you're very responsive. So I will attest to that fact that you get back to people on your emails. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, everybody but, does, Terrell. Not everybody does. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Um, you know, and so yeah, absolutely. That's that's the best way to communicate with me. That's a, that's a good starting point. Okay, and Tangible Ventures uh, Venture Partners. There'll be a website. Obviously, it's not yeah. there today, but we're in the future already. This is going to probably launch uh, later in even uh, end of June, beginning beginning of July. Um, TangiblePartners.vc. That's the URL. Any last words of wisdom, Terrell, <laughs> you've got the microphone. This has been such a great chat. I've really, I've learned a lot and enjoyed it. Any uh, piece of advice or just thoughts, things that you've learned that have really stuck out for you, or, you know, we all have those aha moments kind of every day when you, when you're a lifelong learner and you're always curious, like you led at the beginning, there's every day has a new, a new lesson. Anything that you want to throw out there for whether it's, whether it's startup founders or, or investors that are looking to play in this asset class? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll tackle that. I'll, uh, thank you. Um, so I'll tell a quick story, and, and this will lead me to you know um, I um, arrived in in the Silicon Valley in 2010, and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, um, champagne wishes and caviar dreams, and uh, Sand Hill Road paved with gold. I'm going to raise billions of dollars <laughs> and, and 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 make something happen. Uh, the reality is, though, it was it, it was an amazing experience, a great learning experience, and. Um, we, uh, I was part of a fintech startup, as I mentioned earlier, um, we arrived in, in Palo Alto and we got connected to plug and play via the trade commissioner's office in, 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 uh, you know, fellow Canadians down there. And, uh, we really kind of un- started to understand the, the art of the possible mm-hmm. and, and, and we started to think big. Our first major um, corporate client was uh, Bank of America, and uh, we threw their logo on a deck and we went and raised money. Now, honestly, Tyler, that was like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar PO we got from that, but who cares, right? Um, and we just went out and, and did it, 
and we we picked up the phone, we traveled, we did. And so my advice to founders is do it. Um, think big. Don't discount yourself because you're in Western Canada to say, oh, there's better companies. There's better startups in different parts of the world. Don't believe it. Don't believe the hype, as uh, <laughs> somebody once said. So I lo- I love um, just get out there and have conversations. Can- Canadians are very well respected. Western Canadians, there's amazing companies coming out of Alberta that have garnered global attention. And and if you are aspiring to do something very meaningful with both your life and, and have an impact on society and create jobs and create economic diversification, and if you have a great idea, go talk to people, do it, um, and and take that risk. Now, if you're an investor and uh, and if you want to support these, these guys, um, harness the kind of pioneer spirit of Western Canada, uh, Ukrainians uh, building farms in the middle of the prairie of Saskatchewan. Uh, Mennonites coming here, the you know people from different ethnic groups that came and worked together and and created a, an amazing, amazing part of the world. And think about where we're at now. We are we are pioneers. We're doing something interesting. And it was that homegrown capital that 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 did it. It's that risk capital. So as a call to action to the investment community to say you know work with, partner with. Sure, the startups may not be perfect. There are mechanisms for that. There are platforms for that. But let's let's collectively raise the barn and let's create some interesting and exciting opportunities in Western Canada. Terrell, that's a mic that's a mic drop moment, my friend. Uh, Terrell Carrasco, Tangible Venture Partners. That was an awesome conversation, my friend. I was I was looking forward to it, and I was not disappointed in one in, in one bit. I was actually I think you over I think you over delivered. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, thanks, appreciate it. No, you made it a lot easier. You made it very easy for me, so I appreciate that. You oh, my friend, my, my pleasure, my friend. Keep up the good work. I love I love what you're doing, and you know we've bumped into each other so many times, but now we know each other. Now I now I've got to peer inside the tent a little bit, which I, I really enjoyed. So Terrell, thanks for your time today, and thanks for the work you do supporting our ecosystem and. And uh, as everybody knows, I'm all in on Western Canada, especially on Calgary and Alberta. So thanks for thanks for flying that flag as well. Thank you very much. 